Gosh. Okay. <laughs> Do you know when you're absolutely floored and you don't really expect God to turn up like that and then you're like, okay, well, this is slightly different to what I'd planned for today. Oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Man alive. Okay. Let's, let's, I need to gather myself together right now. That was kind of awesome. You basically read my mail, our mail. That was very, very, very good. Okay. Right. Well, thank you so much for having us here today. We have until, but roughly kind of, okay. Okay, well, I'm not going to mention the rugby yesterday because, you know, that might cause some more tears amongst us. Um, tears of joy. <clears throat> You're welcome. Yeah, so um, I, we have had a lovely morning already. Um, and it is absolutely incredible to see the hunger that's here. And God is here. I mean, there is no doubt about it. The presence of the Lord is absolutely here. And one of the things that um, Steve, it's another Steve, right? Um, was saying about um, anointing for breaking bondage. Interestingly, when I was praying this morning, I was like, right, God, what are you wanting to do here? And, and I felt him say breaking bondage. And somebody else brought a word about that. And then all of us, you guys are laughing. Have you felt the same thing? Okay, cool. Um, and then one of the songs that um, you guys sang, it says, so come and be chainless, come and be fearless, come to the foot of Calvary. There's redemption for every affliction here at the foot of Calvary. And I noticed you guys have an empty cross right there. So you guys are reminded every time you're in this building that, that you're at the foot of Calvary and it's empty because the Lord is risen. And he broke the bondage of sin and he broke the bondage of death and he broke the bondage of sickness and he broke the bondage of mental illness and he broke the bondage of relational problems and infertility and health issues and pain and darkness and sin. He broke all of that and you have a reminder every time that you're here. So even now, the Lord is breaking chains. All the words that have just come this morning... We don't need to go away or ask somebody specific to pray for us. The Lord is doing it because it's he who does it. So I just want to declare over all of you right now, the things that have been spoken, if that resonated with you and people were saying, hey, go and get prayer and whatever. Well, I just declare right now those things are broken in the name of Jesus. And we just speak favor and we speak healing and we speak freedom and, you know, the, the analogy that I got, and I haven't even started what I was going to talk about, but the analogy I got was, um, have you guys heard of the story of the elephant? And when he's a wee tiny, a wee, <laughs> a wee tiny elephant, and he's, he's tied up with a piece of rope to the, to the fence. And as he grows bigger, you know, he's, he's trying to leave, and he can't because he's tied with this tiny wee piece of string. So every time he tries to go away, he can't go because he's tied with this piece of string to the fence. But then all of a sudden, over the years, he grows big, 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 and then he becomes this enormous big elephant, but he's still tied with a wee piece of string to this fence. But he thinks he can't leave, because every time he's tried to leave when he was younger, when he was smaller, when he was less mature, he couldn't. But now he's this great big elephant, and he could easily just go zoop, and then the, 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 the rope would fly everywhere. I mean, he's absolutely got it in him to break those bondages, to not be tied to the thing that was holding him back before. He just didn't realize it. And I think what I, what I felt was important for us to remember today is because of this empty cross, you have the person of Jesus in you. You have the power of Christ in you. 
that's the thing that allows you to break away, to break bondage. You don't have to be connected to that thing that was holding you back. It's easy to break bondage. It's not difficult. We can think, oh, no, how, how can we do that? It's, it's too difficult. It's not. You're a big elephant. You're not a wee elephant. So in Jesus' name, be free, be healed. So, amen. Um, who, was, who was at the conference yesterday? Okay, so a handful of you. Okay, who is involved in healthcare, just from my understanding? Anybody else that's involved in healthcare that wasn't at the conference? A few other people. Okay, cool. And all of those people who were at the conference, who was at my ser- uh, seminar yesterday? Okay, so a few wee people. Okay. Really quickly, um, I am a doctor. I was training in plastics and reconstructive surgery in London until five years ago. And the Lord called us out to California to a place called Bethel Church. Have you guys heard of Bethel Church? Not everybody has, so I don't expect everybody has. Um, so we went over there <laughs> thinking it would be for a year to go to the ministry school. And then God said, stay for second year. Okay, stay for third year. Okay, and then Anthony went on staff and I set up the healthcare network. So a, basically a global ministry to help healthcare professionals marry the natural and the supernatural gifts of healing. Um, and that's really a, a real passion of mine is to see healing in all its fullness. And a lot of the time I think we think, well, it's, it's God who heals and, you know, that's it's all prayer and whatever and medicine, oh, bad. Um, but that's really not the case. And I kind of want to touch on that today, but I want to talk more about healing because you guys are so hungry. Um, It's so evident, the hunger that's here, but it's also really evident um, that there's a lot of gifting in this place. You guys are very, very gifted. And so I feel like the Lord is absolutely going to want to start raising those giftings and bringing stuff to the surface and bringing more people out that he's got his hand on specific people. And I feel like he's going to start raising up um, just more of those giftings, the areas that the leadership is needing filled, <laughs> not positions of um, authority necessarily, but um, giftings and things like that. He, God's going to start drawing those out of, of the rest of you. It's not just all about the people on the stage. We can all do this stuff because we all have the power of the cross in us. So um, today I'm going to talk about seven points regarding prayer. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about, oh, this is prayer for healing. We're going to talk a little bit about how we do it. And then we're going to pray for each other. Um, at that testimony that Al shared this morning about the global axonal injury, I mean, I did six months of neurosurgery. You don't survive that kind of stuff. People come in like that and you're like, okay, well, they're, they're done. I mean, that's terrible. They're, they're not going to survive that. It is only God. Only God can do that. And I kind of was like, <laughs> but silently, because, you know, I'm in Oxford and, you're, you know, I'm like, do we do that here? I don't know. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, yesterday in one of my seminars, Bex shared a testimony about when she'd prayed for a patient who'd had a headache. Uh, she'd had, she was a, a neurological patient, and she'd had headaches, and Bex prayed for this little child, and her headaches disappeared. All morning, I've been having a headache. Yesterday, as a result of Bex sharing that testimony about headaches, we ended up praying for people in the room that had headaches, and there were four people that had headaches. Two people, their headaches completely got healed, and two of them, it virtually disappeared. It was that easy, and everybody around about 
just prayed for people. So I, I want to go after this really quickly before I talk anymore. Does anyone else have a headache right now? Anyone else? Okay, if you have a headache, can you stand up? Because we want to pray that that disappears. Well, she, God's still out there, so that's okay. Okay, if you're around about these people, and if you could, can you ask them if you can lay hands on them? We're, we want to pray for them and just release healing because God is here. God's the one that heals. It's not difficult. Let's just release healing over these people right now. So, Jesus, thank you, Lord, that your cross is empty over here in the corner as well. Every, make sure everybody's got somebody. Yes. So, Jesus, I thank you that you're here. I thank you, Lord, that the cross is empty. Thank you, Lord, that you're doing something this morning. You're here in your power. You're not just here just to have a good time. You're here in power. So we just speak healing to all of these headaches in the name of Jesus right now. Pain go. Pain leave. Bondage be broken. Yeah, tension. We just command peace. The Prince of Peace. Tension go in Jesus' name. Thoughts that are not yours be gone in Jesus' name. And we just speak life. We speak hope. And we just release the peace of God in each person that's, that's, that has a headache, whether they're standing or they're not. Because you don't need to be in a particular posture to receive from the Lord. How, how are people's heads right now? Is there any change? Anybody feeling any better? You're feeling better? A little bit better? Okay, thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. We're going to pray again. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Father, finish the work that you've started. You're faithful to complete what you've started. God, thanks what you're doing. Finish the work, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Okay, how are people's heads doing? People feeling any better? Where are we at? A little bit better? Is it a little bit better or is it gone? A lot better. Amazing. Thank you, Jesus. How about you guys? How's your headache? A little bit better, a little bit better. Okay, well, God is doing something. So we just say thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. And we're just expecting you to finish the work you've started. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. In Jesus' name. Okay, so, yeah, so I felt called to medicine from a really, really young age. I felt like I wanted to be a doctor since the age of five. I wanted to go to Africa on mercy ships and operate on kids with big facial tumors since I was about seven. Um, and so I knew I wanted to be a doctor, and I, I, just, I just had this sense that that's what I wanted to be. There's nobody in my family that's medical. It was just a thing. I just knew that's what I wanted. Um, but I'd also heard of the gift of healing, but I'd never seen it. I was brought up in the Church of Scotland, brilliant, 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 but had never experienced of, of people being healed. But I knew it was possible because it was in the Bible. And, um, and I really believe that as a healthcare professional, as a doctor, that I feel like my work in medicine is actually a natural manifestation of a supernatural gift. I'm a healer, and that lets me heal in the natural in surgery, but also I'm a child of God, so therefore I can heal in the supernatural because of Jesus. Um, so I want to talk seven really quick points. Um, if you want this information, I can make this available and then you don't need to totally take down notes if you don't want to, but you're welcome to. Um, so number one, healing's important to God. I, I, just FYI, I'm a really simple person. I'm not one of these people that's super brainy intellectual, so my stuff is really simple and easily digestible because 
that's how I get stuff. So healing's important to God. Why? How do we know that? Well, number one, God calls himself Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. So he stakes his name on the fact that he heals. He's saying, this is who I am. I'm the God who heals you. Call me the healer because it's who I am. It's a man of, it's, it's, I'm, I'm explaining my nature by the name that I give myself. My name is Katie. Katie means pure. I've, there's been a bunch of prophetic words about purity and all this kind of stuff. Don't always feel like that, but that's how the Lord sees me. The Lord calls himself healer. He is healer. Um, number two, Jesus performed show and tell. So in the New Testament, Jesus is like, the kingdom of God is here. Look, I've just healed somebody. Or he heals somebody and says, look, this person's been healed. The kingdom of God is here. So Jesus uses healing as, an, as a demonstration of the kingdom of God. It's evidence of the kingdom of God, the presence of God there. And it was also evidence of his authority as a son of God. So people saw him doing miracles and they're like, hey, how do you do this? What power are you using? Well, it's the power of God. And um, why else is it important to God? We've already heard about Lazarus. Jesus raised Lazarus from, from the grave. Would somebody who's not that bothered about healing bother to raise somebody from death? Probably not. So number two, God wants to heal. It's important to him. He wants to heal. It's actually his heart. He wants to do it. It's not something that we have to plead. Please, Jesus, please, will you heal? God actually wants to do it. How do we know? Well, Matthew 14, 14 um, says that when he went ashore, he was in the water, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. Matthew 4, 23, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. He didn't have to do that if he didn't want to, but he actually did want to. So when we come to the Lord and say, hey, God, we want to we see healing. We need to know God actually wants to do it. We're not trying to twist his arm and break it so that he'll heal it. <laughs> um, number three, God can heal. He actually can. Um, Luke 4.40 says, All those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and laying his hands on each one of them, he was healing them. So he actually did the stuff. Um, a point to mention in there, Jesus healed all who came to him. Now, not everybody came to him, so not everybody was healed. But of everybody who did come to him, they were all healed. So that is actually the standard that, that we want to aim for. Now, granted, I understand that we don't always see everybody healed that we pray for, and we don't understand why, but we do know that Jesus healed everybody. So it is possible. Matthew fifteen thirty. Great crowds came to him, bringing with them the lame, the crippled, the mute, and many others. They put him at his feet, and he healed them. No condition is out with the power of God to be healed. Sometimes we can think, or we go to the doctor, and the doctor tells us, hey, you've got, I don't know, you've got cancer. It's the big C. <gasps> it's cancer. Well, we have a bigger C. We have Christ. And he is beyond any cancer. Cancer is completely insignificant to him. It doesn't, it's not too big for God. God healed every disease. And again, it's the same God. He's the same yesterday and today and forever. He's the one that we have with us. So if he did it then, then he can do it now. Um, 
the Lord created our bodies, so he knows all our anatomy. Sometimes I've asked the Lord when I'm studying for my exams, I'm like, Jesus, can you just give me, I have the mind of Christ, can you just let me know, you know, all the anatomy, just download it into my brain. And, you know, I have faith for that happening. Sometimes I just think, oh, please, it, it could happen. And I'll, you know, ace all of my exams. It hasn't happened so far, but hey-ho. Um, I have faith. Um, God healed our, uh, God made our bodies with an ability to heal themselves. As a surgeon, if I'm operating and I cut out a little skin tumor, for example, well, I bring the edges together and stick some stitches in it and hope that it heals. I play my part. I just bring the edges together. But the body itself and the platelets and all the kind of inflammatory things, that, like, that all works to heal itself. That's one end of the spectrum, Okay, the other end of the spectrum is somebody that's got no limb and you pray for their limb and all of a sudden the limb grows. It's all part of a spectrum. It's not a different God doing a different thing. It's just part of a spectrum. We have access to that entire spectrum. So number four, medicine is a Christian form of healing. Um, in Genesis 1.28, the Lord says, be fruitful and multiply. He's talking to Adam. Be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth. Well, I looked up what does subdue mean, and it means to overcome, to quieten, and to bring under control. So we are called as humanity to bring under control, to bring under the reign and the rule of God, anything that is not godlike. Um. And in my mind, the development of science and technology and medicine, you know, those are all ways that we are bringing into alignment, bringing under control the things of the earth that we haven't understood that seem to be crazy or, or, or problematic or whatever. We've, we've discovered and we've developed things that will help to bring that under control. That's subduing the earth. That's doing what the Lord has commanded us to do. So medicine isn't bad. It's not a wrong form of healing. It's not a lesser form of healing. God talks about it in, in Genesis 1. And, you know, when we're reading scripture, we want to look and see, this is, my husband taught me this, the principle of first mention. And so whenever God has spoken something the first time in the Bible, in that context, whenever we see it in the future, we want to look back and see, okay, what was the context that God said some, about that? He, what was the context that he talked about that in the first place? And that's what we need to go back to, to understand that principle better. So in, in the context of Genesis, right at the beginning of scripture, God is saying, hey, this is good, go and subdue the earth. Um. I believe that healthcare and social care, because we were talking about social care yesterday, that medicine is it's rooted in biblical principles. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's inherently an outworking of the heart of God for his people. The Lord has said, I'm calling you to life and life in abundance. He's calling us to thrive. And that doesn't mean, you know, you can be alive, but you can be plagued with headaches or sore feet or, or hearing difficulties. No, the Lord is calling us to abundant life and life in its fullness. Um, Jesus said, he commanded his disciples, the apostles, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and cast out demons. It also says in Deuteronomy, he executes justice for the orphan and the widow and shows his love for the alien by giving him food and clothing. So there's social care covered in there, the whole food and clothing and looking after the, the vulnerable people. And then healing the sick, well, medicine does that. Raise the dead, CPR does that. Um, cleansing the lepers, well... 
I guess dermatology does that. Um, and casting out demons at psychiatry. I mean, it's all part and part. It, medicine takes into consideration all this stuff that the Lord is commanding the disciples to do. But the disciples didn't have access to all of that stuff at that point in time. And I'm going to come back to that point later. But um, in First Timothy, <clears throat> there actually is medical advice given. It says, stop drinking only water. Use a little wine because of your stomach and your frequent illnesses. That sounds like medical advice, doesn't it? And then the other point is, is that, oh yeah, <laughs> someone likes their cab salve. I'll just take that for the stomach. Um, but one of the other things is that one of Jesus' disciples, Luke, he was known as a physician. And, and the disciples were really, I mean, these were Jesus' best friends. Why would Jesus have somebody who was a physician if he thought, well, that's, I know that's just not worthy of me. That's not good enough. He's a physician. I don't want to, you know, hang around with him. No, he, he was one of his inner circle. But Jesus wanted his inner circle physician friend to be able to heal, heal in the supernatural as well. So God still heals today. We've already know, we know that. I mean, you guys have experienced that. We heard testimonies of that and whatever. But sometimes that looks like going to the doctor or the counselor or receiving prayer. But all of those actions require faith. It doesn't matter if you're going to, you know, the doctor and hoping for something. You're, you're hoping in the, in the knowledge and the wisdom and the understanding of your physician to, to, to help you. But also, you're requiring faith when you go to the Lord. You're trusting that he's going to help you as well. And like I said before, I feel like medicine is a natural manifestation of a supernatural gift. God is still revealing himself as healer through your doctor. It's not less faithful. You're, you don't have less faith if you go to the doctor and receive your healing through a surgeon, you don't have more faith if, well, I've been prayed for and I've received my healing through somebody laying on their hands and I, heal, I was healed in a ministry service. That's not more faith. That's not better Christianity. So any, anybody that thinks that, you guys, you don't need to think that anymore. In Acts 3, Peter and John see the little beggar guy lying on the floor. Does anybody remember the song when you were little? Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. What do I have? I give you. Okay? What do we have access to today? We have access to Jesus, obviously, at all times, whether it's out there or in here or wherever, but we also have access to healthcare and to the NHS. God can use it all. And the other thing that's really cool about that story is the guy goes walking, he goes leaping, and he goes praising God. He goes walking, he's healed physically. He goes leaping, he's healed emotionally, and he goes praising God, he's healed spiritually. The Lord is into triune healing. We're triune beings. We're body, soul, spirit, or mind, body, and spirit, whatever we call it today. You know, a lot of society nowadays is into this body, soul, spirit stuff. Well, God, de God designed that in the first place. He knows all about that stuff. He's into healing it all. So number six, Jesus taught us how to pray, actually. So we should follow his example. Jesus taught us how to pray, so follow his example. Um, there's the Lord's Prayer. We all learn it when they're, you know, we're like three or something. 
And it says, thy kingdom come. It says all the rest of it first. And then it says, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what does that mean? Thy kingdom come. Well, Romans 14, 17 says that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So the Lord is wanting to bring about righteousness right ways. He's bringing things into alignment. Things that are not, things that have been wrong, he's making them right. That's healing. He's bringing about peace, mental anguish, all these kind of emotional things. No, no, the Lord wants to bring about peace. He wants to get rid of our headaches and bring about peace, evidence of the kingdom of God, and joy in the Holy Spirit. How, how joyful do we feel whenever we don't have that lingering headache anymore? That's evidence of the kingdom of God. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thy will is to subdue the earth. On earth as it is in heaven. So what's on heaven, we, we want to see on earth. And what's on earth, well, we don't want to see that in heaven. So anything that is on earth that isn't in heaven shouldn't exist any longer. What does that look like? Revelation 21.4, no more death, mourning, crying, pain. There isn't that in heaven. So we're called to see that not exist here either. That's what it means to have on earth as, in, as it is in heaven. So as a doctor, I think I mentioned this before, my authority to heal in the natural comes through my qualifications. Now, I have to work really hard for that. You have to pass a test, and it's a pass or fail. But it's not a pass or fail for us to heal in the supernatural. That's a grace thing. And it's something that actually I think sometimes people can find that really hard. I've, I struggled with grace a lot because I thought, no, no, you always have to work for your stuff. If you don't work for something, well, then it's just a freebie. You can't just have that. That's just not right. Well, no, that's grace. That's, that's grace. So we get to receive by faith, because of grace, the power to heal. We all have access to that if we have faith, if we believe, if we receive and in John 14, Jesus says, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I am doing. He will do even greater than these because I have gone to my father. Whoever believes in him. That's not just Pastor Steve. It's not just Al. It's not just, you know, Bex or Josh or whoever's got the good testimony. No, it's whoever believes. We all have access. It's not for the specific people. So what do you have? What do you have access to? What I have, I give you. Do you have a specific anointing for healing? Is, are you one of these people that actually, every time you pray for somebody, you're, you're seeing healings happen all the time? You may well have a specific gift of healing. That's really cool. You might have a specific anointing for healing. That's amazing. There are definitely people around, Randy Clark, James Maloney. There's a bunch of people who have a specific healing ministry where they see healings happening very, very, very frequently. That's amazing. I want to get you to pray for me because I want that. <laughs> and, but we all have access to heal. Jesus has said, whoever believes in him will heal. So what does it look like then for, for us as individuals to heal? Well, my seventh point says to each their own. So God wants us to be us. 
when we're praying. We're not trying to be somebody else. What I have, I give you. You might be one of these people that's like, there was their own fact this morning when everybody was bringing up their different words. There's this chap here with the long hair. He was like, yes, you know, very kind of stirring people up. You know, you're probably an evangelist or something. There was somebody else that brought up another word. There was a lot more calm, demure and pastoral. You know, there's different giftings that we have. We manifest the Lord in different ways. And therefore, when we're praying for people, it's going to line up with your personality. Don't try and be like somebody else. Um, there's a girl I was in um, playgroup with, primary school with, secondary school with. Her name was Christine, and we went through all of our schooling together. And we both played piano with the same piano teacher. We both played cello with the same cello teacher. We both played tennis at the same tennis club. And, you know, one of us would, you know, win our match and the other would win the next time. We, we both had exactly the same scores all throughout school. We were, we were like on par with each other. And we both ended up going to medical school, but she went away off and became some scientific researchy person and that's just not me I went off and became a surgeon and but there's so many things that were similar between us and yet no no when it came to us actually doing the thing that God had called us to do in medicine it was like no she's over here doing her thing loving it totally not what I want to do and I'm over here doing my thing thriving and what I want to do but she doesn't want to do what I want to do it's okay to be different so allow your personality to still be seen when you're praying for people. And when you're praying, remember that Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing, and he only said what he saw the fa- or he heard the Father say. So he only did what he saw the Father doing, and he only said what he heard the Father saying. So we really want to stay in step with the Spirit. We want to be listening to Holy Spirit when we're praying for people for healing. But are there specific conditions that we're called to heal? Maybe we have a personal testimony. Paul Manwaring is a guy who um, Anthony and I both worked with over in Bethel. We interned with him and then worked with him. And he and his wife share this testimony all the time, so I have permission to share it. But they suffered from infertility for many, many years. Sue had really, really bad endometriosis. And she was healed. And she conceived, and they now have two sons who are now grown up, and now she has grandsons. And for the first time in their life, they have three generations of man-wearings alive at the same time. That had never happened before. That's a real story of restoration. But now, they pray for couples who are infertile. And they have seen so many people come back to them nine months later, a year later, whenever they're next there. Hey, do you know what? This wasn't here before. And you prayed for me, and now look... Look what's happened. Because Revelation 21.10 says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Like Beck said, when he's done it before, he'll do it again. So if you have a personal testimony of a way that you've seen the Lord working in your life, then you have that authority to say that God's done this in my life. So I, I have faith to see him do it again in your life. Maybe you've been healed of something. Maybe you've been healed of a headache. Maybe you've been healed of a, of a burn. Maybe you've been healed of diffuse axonal injury. <laughs> well, then you have the authority to see that happen again. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, it says in Luke. So what's in us comes out of us. <laughs> so we want to make sure that this is good. This heart is good. And it's in a good place. Um, how do we pray? 
Well, we've already established that God wants to do it and he can do it. So we don't need to be pleading with him for ages. Now, we can play silently. We can play pray verbally, you know, open. Um, have you ever had it when you go and, pr- and someone says, oh, yeah, I'll pray for you, and you stand there and, and it's silent, silent, silent. Amen. And you're like, oh, okay, amen. But you don't really know what they've said. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> But I kind of like to know what people are praying over me. So, so, so actually, it's maybe helpful to be verbal in your prayers so that people actually are hearing what you're saying. And actually, it helps to build faith when they're hearing what you're saying because you might well have a testimony to release. And as you speak it out prophetically, the power is there to cause that to happen again. Um. Luke 4, it mentions that Jesus, all those who had any who were sick with various diseases, brought them to him and laying his hands on each of them, he was healing them. So there's this idea that when you lay your hands on somebody, there's a transfer of blessing, a transfer of some of, of power. It's in the Bible. It might sound weird, but it's scriptural. Um, we have a friend called Gareth and um, gosh, this is probably about four years ago. We'd come home from our first year at ministry school and a friend, we were having dinner with a bunch of friends and Gareth was there and they were, our friends were asking us, what's, um, what's, what's some of the best things that you've learned or what's some of the most significant things you've learned out of Bethel? And we were saying, well, we've seen angels a couple of times and, and we've seen people getting healed. And they're like, oh, okay. And Gareth said, well, I've got a sore knee, heal that. Okay. <laughs> You do realize it's not me, it's the Lord. Well, we thought, okay, let's, let's do it. So we put our hands on his knee, and he's like, whoa, what's that? I'm like, well, I don't know, what is it? He said, well, it's all hot. And I'm like, oh, cool, well, maybe God's doing something. And he's like, oh, it's probably just your hands. So I touched him on his, on his forearm, and he's like, no, no, it's, it's much, much hotter than that. So I'm like, okay, cool. Well, maybe God's doing something. So I had my hand on his knee and just said, okay, pain, go in Jesus' name. I think he pulled it. He'd been running, that's right. He was running and he pulled his his knee. So I was like, okay, well, pain, go in Jesus' name. And we said, okay, we'll test it out. And he's like, okay, well, it's all right. It's, you know, like your headache's not fully gone. It's, it's, It's okay. Well, I won't know until I test it. Well, then we get a text message from him the following day. And overnight, he'd driven home after our dinner, left his car in the driveway, and his driveway was a squinty driveway. It was a slanty one. And he'd forgot to put the handbrake on. So, so he'd gone out to his car the following morning to find the car careering down the hill, starts running after it to stop the car and realizes his knee's not sore anymore. God healed. And it was just a matter of saying, okay, well, God, if, you'd, if you are who you say you are, and you say that you're the healer, and you say that whatever you do will do even greater things, well then if I'm putting my faith in that, and if I believe that you're true in what you say, then I can lay my hands on people and they'll be healed. Well, he was. Praise God. And so you can be normal. You, can, you don't need to have all this fancy pants jargon. You can just be normal when you're praying for people. You can just say, hey, be healed in Jesus' name. Pain, go in Jesus' name. Movement, come. Stiffness, go in Jesus' name. Because the name of Jesus is the powerful thing. 
We don't need to be all this and thy and thou and thou shalt, whatever. We don't need to do that. That might have worked a way back in the 1800s because that's how they spoke and that's fine. But we don't speak like that now. And sometimes that can just weird people out. You don't want to do anything that's going to turn them away from the Lord. You want to endear them to the Lord, don't we? But just remember that when we're praying for people, the goal is that they feel loved. We don't want them to not feel loved because it's a compassionate thing that the Lord does in, in, when he heals people. It's out of a heart of compassion that his children would know him and love him and experience an element of him. It's not that they ought to feel that they don't have any faith or guilt trip for, for the reason that they had the problem in the first place. They're a drug abuser and they're asking for prayer with their addiction. Well, you don't want to be heaping you know, guilt on them for having that addiction in the first place. You're not the accuser. That's not your job to do that. You're there to release the love and the healing grace of Jesus. And you know, sometimes the Lord might actually give you an idea about the root cause of the issue that the person is presenting with. Um, There's a bunch of scriptures, actually. I think it's in Psalms, and and, um, I think it's David or the psalmist, whoever, is talking about the bitterness and his bones getting all painful and twisted. That can happen if people are holding on to unforgiveness. We were in Mexico on a missions trip away back in our second year, and we were praying for healing, and and, um, there was, I think it was a lady... And um, she had had a whole bunch of lower back pain, prayed for her. The pain hadn't fully gone. And I was like, okay, maybe there's some unforgiveness here. Now, be sensitive when you're talking about that. You don't want to say, hey, do you need to forgive somebody? But in that context, I was feeling, no, and it was a group context. It was a general thing of, hey, okay, sometimes the Lord might give us or highlight to us or remind us of somebody that actually we need to forgive that we've been harboring unforgiveness against. And scripture has told us that that can cause bitterness and, you know, problems physically because we're trying beings, remember, body, soul, spirit. They're all tied to each other. And so we went after forgiveness and we just said, okay, Jesus, if there's anybody that I need to forgive, bring them to my mind and and I want to forgive them. After that, this lady's pain disappeared. So it happens. Um, That same dinner party that we were at, okay, quick. The same dinner party that we were at, another friend of ours had had a breast cyst. Now, she had had cysts before. She was doing a master's at that point in time, and pain had come back in her right breast. And she thought, oh, no, it's another cyst. I really, I've got too much work. I've got exams. I really can't be dealing with this because she'd had it previously. She'd had to have multiple aspirations, needles, and all this kind of stuff to take out the fluid. She did not want that again. So we were praying for her. And she was like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden, it was painful. The pain disappeared, but she could still feel the lump. So I was like, well, great, God's doing something. The pain is gone, but the lump is still there. So the cyst is evidently still there, but her symptom that she had that was causing her problems disappeared at that point in time. Actually, over the subsequent four days, it did disappear. And I'll go on to that point in a minute. But I actually thought, hmm, I think there's something else going on here. There was something in me that was thinking, no, I think there's actually been an attack on on her identity as a woman. There's actually been an attack on her femininity. Because I knew her history and there was a whole bunch of other stuff that was evidence of that happening as well, I thought, hmm, there's something else that's underlying this. So we prayed into that and prayed that she would understand her femininity in Jesus. 
And I believe that that actually did shift something that night. So, effects of prayer. I've just mentioned his pain disappeared, but the lump was still there. That's not something for me to think, oh my gosh, I didn't do it right. Oh, I was bad. It, it didn't work. We have to remember that God puts us on like a glove. He's the hand that's doing the work. We just get to be the face of it. It's not us trying to conjure up healing. It's the Lord who heals, but we get to be the vessel. So the responsibility is not on us. If we take responsibility when somebody isn't healed, we're more likely to take the glory when they are. That's not ours to take. Neither is the responsibility. So what do, we, what do we expect to see when we're praying for healing? Well, number one, total healing there and then, sudden. The man was blind and now he can see. They were deaf and now they can hear. Number two, faster healing than anticipated. Maybe somebody's gone for an operation and, and they recover way, way more quickly because people are praying for speedy recovery. Remember what we said? God's designed our bodies to heal themselves, but that can be expedited. Number three, fewer side effects from something that you would expect to get side effects from. For example, chemotherapy. Your hair doesn't fall out. You're not suffering from pain. You're not suffering from problems with your teeth. That can happen. We've, we have um, stories of that too. Or you can have symptomatic change despite underlying damage. So you might be familiar when people have shared testimonies, you see it on Facebook, and people are like, oh, I had metal in my hand, and they prayed for me, and the metal disappeared. Well, the last I knew, we don't have x-ray vision. Only Superman has x-ray vision. So we don't know if that metal disappeared or not, unless we go for an x-ray. But what we do know is that the symptoms that they had, they don't have them anymore. That is a testimony to thank the Lord for. We don't need to expand. We don't need to make it bigger. We don't need to um, like accentuate, exaggerate. That's the one. Thank you. We don't need to exaggerate because Jesus is okay with that testimony. He doesn't have to pretend that something else happened to make it sound bigger and better because it's not for our benefit that people are getting healed. It's not to make us feel proud as Christians. Okay, I'm, I'm really finishing now. So just remember, Listen to the Lord. It might require risk. It might require stepping out, but that's where the faith comes in. It's not about us. It's not about how much faith we have to conjure up God to, to want to heal because he wants to do it and he will and he can. We want to remain thankful for what he's doing. So if we see a bit of improvement, but it's not completely gone, we'll thank the Lord because he's doing something and he's faithful to complete that which he started. So he's going to finish the job. It might not be there and then. You know, there's that other scripture where it says, Paul plants the seed, Apollos waters it, but it's the Lord that makes it grow. We might not always see the end result, but as long as we play our part. And so avoid declarations of you are healed because we don't know that necessarily. But God can prove himself. The person can go and get the doctor to say, actually, yeah, it's not there anymore. Okay. I'm conscious that we are over time, but those are just a few little points that I wanted to share with you about healing. Okay. Um, 
One of the things that, Anthony, you can come up um, if you would. One of the things that I'm conscious of is a thing called words of knowledge. Now, you guys have heard of words of knowledge, but words of knowledge for healing. So sometimes, for example, this morning, I had a headache. I don't normally get headaches. I wasn't dehydrated. I don't have anything going on that shouldn't be going on. I don't normally get headaches. So sometimes when I start to feel things in my body that aren't normally there, Sometimes I think, hey, could that be a word of knowledge? Is it that God is giving me a bit of a headache because he wants to heal headaches? And so I'm just, I would love to get you guys to just take a second and pause and just pay attention to your body right now. And if there's, if any of you are sensing anything, feeling funny or feeling a pain somewhere that you don't normally feel, raise your hand and we want to find out what it is. Yes. Okay, pain in your pain in the breast. In fact, do you want to come up? Just if you come up and stand here, yeah. What were you feeling? Okay, and is that normal? Okay, well, come on up. Anybody else have any kind of things that they're that they've been feeling have been kind of different? Yeah, come on up. What have you been thinking or feeling? Oh, you wrote some stuff down. Awesome. Oh, okay. The word phobia. And someone with constant pain from their right knee. Okay, so pain in their knee. Anybody else have things that they're not normally experiencing? No, okay, so we've got those things. Anthony, you? Um, If uh, anyone's got a pain in their rotator cuff, I think it's your shoulder. Um, Anyone, that would be one. Um, is that anyone? Okay, great. Not great you've got pain, obviously, but, but great that's Jesus and not my music talking to me. Um, Sorry, just as I'm saying, the people that are up here have had these words of knowledge. We're now going to say, okay, if you have any of these things that have been spoken, then God is wanting to heal that right now. So, the neck. Um, I think um, there's uh, personal people. You've got a problem with your jaw. I think it's your left side, but it's actually manifested itself in your teeth. So the issue feels like it's dental, but it's not. It's your jaw, your mandible. Does that resonate with anyone at all? Okay. Gentleman over there. Okay. Um, Has anyone got a heart murmur? Okay. Um, here's, um, Here's one, actually. Okay, um, I um, once prayed for a lady who um, came forward for something totally different, prayed for her. She phoned me up about a week later and said that um, she'd actually not uh, menstruated for three years. That's what, what we prayed for, and she basically phoned me to tell me that that had, that had changed following prayer. So I don't want you to put your hand up for this, because obviously that's not something you probably want publicly, but um, any kind of issue that's connected with the reproductive, female reproductive or fertility kind of system, um, we're going to love to pray for you for that as well. And then um, the last couple has got um, a couple, one emotional one particularly. And again, I don't want you to put your hand up for this because I don't want, it's not a public thing. But um, I had a dream last night. And in the dream, I was talking to somebody um, who shared with me that they've been having suicidal thoughts. And the thing in the dream was that this person is not a, you're not a um, 
this isn't your normal. This is not a natural thing. This is a fairly recent thing that is unusual and it's, it feels very oppressive and very almost violent and aggressive. But you've been struggling with suicide and suicidal thoughts. Um, so I would love to pray for you, um, whoever you are. Brilliant. So when we get words of knowledge like that, is we, we believe that God actually wants to heal them because he wouldn't give us those words of knowledge unless he wanted to heal, okay? So if any of those things refer to you guys, if you had any of those things, then we want you to stand up and whoever, if you're around about them, let's let, ask if we can lay our hands on them and then pray for them for healing. Okay, so if any of that related to you, if you felt like any of those things that were mentioned, okay, we know that anybody who believes in Jesus can heal if we pray. So gather round. If you see somebody standing, gather round and ask them if they're, if they're willing to tell you what it is that they were, were struggling with or feeling. Then let's pray for each other. Now just remember, when we're doing it, we don't need to plead to Jesus. We can release healing in Jesus' name.